you know what? I actually don't have to do it. Hi, Mark Snedeker. No, do I? Yes, I redo. I do have to redo it. Son of a bitch. Hi, and welcome to Gen Extemporaneous. This is a podcast where I come up with an idea, I do some research, I grab a bottle of wine, I bring everything to Mark, and he pontificates. In our continuing exploration of the documentary, The Curious Case of Natalia Grace, currently streaming on Max and Discovery+, Plus, Mark and I discuss the increasingly weird cast of characters populating the life of Natalia Barnett. Unbelievably, this story becomes even more confusing and unusual in episodes three and four. We have a re-aging, a plethora of weird interior design choices, mystery donuts, Michael Barnett repeatedly punching the floor, oddly provocative and as yet unexplained glamour shots of Christine, and a herniated belly button to contend with. So all I can say is, gird your goddamn loins. Hi, Mark Snedeker. My loins are super girded. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So we did get to listen to our theme song a couple of times there. Yes. That was exciting. And I think it's a nice cleanse because it's so peppy and positive. And we're about to discuss squalor and chaos <laughs> and people with dicks growing out of their stomach. It's so bad. There's a lot going on here. Thank God. Tonight, unlike most nights lately, I have wine. You do it, and you you supplied it to yourself. Well, you don't have to tell people that. I'm happy to give you credit. <laughs> Let's do a hot take on episode three, Nightmare Neighbor, and episode four, Victim or Villain. We're going to combine these two in this episode. So, the parents, and I use that term loosely, these are horrible, hor- it doesn't even matter. Like, if ultimately it turns out that they were tricked by her age, and she did hover over them with a knife. I don't fucking care. <laughs> they are horrible. Hor- Both of them are horrible, horrible people. And they don't pretend not to be. Michael has no compunctions about showing how horrible well, he is. I don't Do think, you think he, he gets. Realizes? No, I don't think he, I think he thinks he's giving an explanation mm-hmm. for things that look like they might be horrible people. And he's trying to explain them, but he is unconvincing. Let's just say that. <laughs> God. He, I'm but telling you, he, it just goes from bad this, to worse. Yeah, and the thing is, okay, you think she's of age. They know she's not, I think. But let's say they think she's of age and you want to get her an apartment. That's fine. Get her one in the same fucking town you live in. Well, initially they did. Yeah, but like next door. The second door. one, no. Right, get, yeah. but be close. Or you're rich, whatever. Build, in a, build a, uh, a in-law uh, suite or something. Or right? get her the proper assistance, right? right. If you're going to move her out, then do this in a way that says, all right, we think she's this older age, but we need to move her out and we uh, we recognize that she's got some issues in terms of her size that really prevent her from, even if she is an adult, there's a lot that I, you know, her size precludes her from being able to do and they take no care. There's no ADA Mm -mm. uh, retrofit. No, there's, I mean, at the very least, maybe hire uh, a, a caregiver to come in and, and help her during the day. Right. They're not they're not providing her with any kind of, they of are uh, allowances for her disabilities. It's horrifying. Throwing her in a sack with the other kittens and tossing them off the bridge. It's really bad. It's yeah. really grim. And they have this habit 
And I think that they were doing it because they thought it would protect them and, and show that they were actually okay, that they were doing the right thing. They have this habit of recording some yeah. of these interactions. And all that does is make them look super fucking creepy. Now, it what it, it could do, it could have to do with these documentarians who have, maybe they edited or they they yeah. cherry picked. So we but, don't know the full context. But even if you have tons of context around some of these recordings, and we'll talk more about them in depth uh, as we go on, they're still bad. They, they still you, make him look like a crazy lunatic. Can, they make Christine they look like a fucking lunatic, like yeah. an abusive, she is, abusive, horrifying person. And, and she person. is yet to make an appearance in this documentary, and I suspect that may continue. But she comes off as a icy bitch. Well, we did see her walk through and say, no comment. Yeah. All right. So why don't we jump in and- Why don't and, you stop telling me what to do all the all time? Right. Wow. All right. Get, get <laughs> oh, your, yeah. Wait, you're get the your nose against that wall. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, we'll, right now. We'll talk about that too. <laughs> yes, we will. Fucking lunatics. All right. So let's start out with episode three. So what I want to do is just kind of go through, as we've been doing- Go through episode three, go yeah. through episode four. We're going to have to be a little quicker because we had longer time for this. be quick. And then talk about sort of the editorial choices and the filming choices, I guess, that were made or the production yeah. choices that were made by the documentarians. Spoiler alert. They were all bad. <laughs> all of their choices were Not wrong. Not much we're going to say was good about, well- Except that this has brought to light this really fascinating story. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that they put it out is generally a positive, but the way they did it, it was poorly, poorly executed. They really have to give us a little bit more explanation than they did. All right. So episode three is called Nightmare Neighbor. What we find out in this episode is that, as you said, the Barnetts have decided we can't deal with this. We don't want them this person in our home because we do not feel safe with this person. So they filed a case with the county court. To change her age. So Beth Karras, again, the attorney, the, the who the court TV co- Nan- Nancy talking Grace head. Jr. Yeah, but better than Nancy Grace. Well, I mean. And she's good in this. Yeah. I really like. That's like saying eating a shit sandwich is better than drinking battery no, acid. No, no. I like Beth Karras. She's, she's not terrible. No, I like her in this and I've, I always liked her. I thought she was always, she always kind of gave like a. It wasn't level as sleazy. Head. Yeah, no, as not at all Nancy. as sleazy. So she says, no one really knows how old she is, but she explained how the judge came yeah. to this figure that they gave her. Dumb which as was fuck. wildly just yeah. bizarre. So she says, the judge looked at the facts that, that were as they were presented to, to him. He said, Well, she hasn't grown in four years. Yeah. You stop growing when you're 18. I don't know how he came up with that number, yeah, but which is, st- by the way. A, false, and certainly he doesn't take into any account her disability, Right. which, by the way, might affect her growth. I think that's <laughs> right. kind of mostly what it's about. Exactly. So, What a she, dumb bunny he was. So so, so he says, he says well, she hasn't grown in four years. You stopped growing at 18. So she was at least 18 when you got her. Which so, is super wrong. So he's going to add four years to 18, which would make her 22. Yeah. Now, at this point, she really would have been, if she was six, four years, she would be like 10. Yeah. Well, I, and look, I am perfectly willing to accept that she was not the age they were told. Right. And and Karis talks about that. Beth Karis talks about that. Yeah. She says in 
these kinds of international adoption cases or adoption maybe just generally, it is not unusual for people to shave a couple of years of course, off because, because you, you think it's more attractive yeah. to adopt a six-year-old than an eight-year-old, right? Correct. But not 14 years. Yeah. So let me tell uh, Judge Dickface, whatever his real name is, uh, a little something. Girls stop growing around 14 to 15, generally, not 18. Mm -hmm. And in fact, boys don't usually stop growing until they're like 19 or 20. So he was wrong unless he's just saying, well, I'm just going to average the age for all genders and across the planet, which obviously she is not a part of. That's fine. We're just going to make it 18. Mm -hmm. That's just wrong. I mean, that's right. It was a bad assumption, and it just leads me to the inescapable conclusion that I should be a judge. <laughs> <laughs> I, what I just don't understand, and you, you'll find this as the series continues, yeah. that the legal system is fucked. I mean, they have no ability to handle anything out of the ordinary. I mean, you, you think about, oh, judges, they must have wisdom. Well, mostly they don't, mm-hmm. right? Mostly they're just guys, right? And a lot of times they're just – they were elected – or appointed by their pal or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're not the be- always the best and the brightest. Some they're are. Not, yeah, some, some are. are great. Yeah, but a lot of them aren't, right? right? So Michaela Jackson was the attorney that handled the reaging. Not the gospel singer. For, no, but for yeah. the- uh, Mahalia. Yes. For the Barnetts. And Fuck she, her too then. She said, she sits there and she says, in her Chanel, she has a Chanel necklace oh, on. Give me a fuck break. Fuck you. I mean, Michaela. there's a there's a different. I get it. Like, okay, at least she ran a comb through her hair and she had a because we see Unlike some most of the people like in this documentary who are shabby in, as fuck in this, in this episode. Oh my yeah. god. So she, Michaela Jackson, says that they were provided with good, solid documentation of an approximate age. No. She had a primary care physician that was who provided evidence. And she says that doctor was looking at lots of other doctors' information and coming up with a determination. And then at that point, when it is such a huge amount of years, you just have to say whatever, whatever. Like what That's is exactly in the, what they did? That they it did is whatever. what is in the best interest of the child, and what do all the experts think? And then she says she kind of goes, "I'm not the doctor or the judge, but I felt like it was based on something credible." No, I don't. I don't agree. Now, here's the thing, and here's where a problem with the documentary comes in. We don't know about that supportive evidence. All we heard right. was Beth Karras's explanation of characterization how the, of, of how the judge came to this yeah. conclusion. We don't know that there may have been, and that's why that's where this documentary. Had they had to have been able to get access to that that court record, like it's they, public they, record, yeah. right? They well, should family court, not always, maybe but not, whatever. but but you would, I, you know, one might wonder if they could get access to that, but they don't have, they don't talk about why, what, you know, the judge didn't, they didn't just walk in and say, hey. Judge, get, we wanted her to be older, and the judge goes, "Well, what's you know, like okay, what do you what do you want to shoot for?" To, he yeah. had to have been looking at something. Now, whether or not the documents that they give or they provided, her her uh, attorney, their attorney provided, were accurate, we don't know. One thing I'm going to call huge bullshit on is the idea that this had anything to do with the best interests of the child. None. In fact. What possible benefits other than possibly being able to buy alcohol (laughs) 
did she have by being aged up over 21? Nothing. There were no None. benefits to she her. She loses all her parental prote- protections. Right. Right. They lose, they basically have almost no parental responsibilities at this point and more or less act like it. This is definitely not in the best interest of the child. Well, we do hear from Natalia who, when she's being interviewed, she, we, we hear, we see multiple interviews. One is with an attorney who's who's deposing her and that's recorded and we do get to see that. And then we also get to see that forensic interview that she had prior to her deposition yeah. with the psychologist. And Natalia here is asked by that psychologist, what, you know, tell me about the reaging. And yeah. she says, I don't even know how that happened. I got out of the hospital and Christine got me an apartment. In the other interview, they say, what did you want? And she says, I just wanted to live with Christine. I yeah, wanted to live, live with them, my family, with my family, who I thought was my family. Yeah, because she, she couldn't take care of herself. She's clinging to whoever she can. Right. For some kind of support. It's now, like the barbed wire monkey. Yes. I Again, even if you accept everything they say about the incidents, mm-hmm. their take on it is always wrong. Yeah. Always wrong. Yeah. So Rachel Amber, who was the, their nosy neighbor in the, uh, the, the Barnett's nosy neighbor, she says, I just thought Christine didn't know what to do with Natalia. So she, oh, she, she got her an apartment. She, she right. She de- definitely didn't. Then now, so now she's got this apartment. Yes. And it is just... A, a shithole apartment in a it's in a, 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 a like a a one th- that looked like almost a motel. They're these little they are they're little they're like shitty a, yeah, efficiency apartments. Now, almost. look, can people live in them? Yes. But you have I mean, you have someone who's never been on their own. Right. Is multiply handicapped. I don't know. Maybe don't dump them into the kind of the scary part of town. This is not a very fancy apartment, right, right. but it, the, but the people that live there, I mean, I think it's probably, you know, low income. I do want to highlight one thing that you were hundred percent kind of alluded to and were correct about this episode. Once again, highlights how lazy and unskilled these documentarians are. They don't follow up on things. Right. We should have had transcripts from mm-hmm. the hearing, right? Mm-hmm. We should have had an attempt to interview the judge, an attempt to interview whoever was representing Natalia. I guess nobody, maybe. Well, right. No one was because, yeah. you know. And maybe point that out. Yeah. And just a horrible, horrible job by them. Yeah, there's a lot of holes. And that's what makes the story even weirder because they're not they're not doing their job to help us yeah. at all. And, and, and just and throwing we all the weirdness at us. We can, yeah, and you can't access those kinds of things. Right. We can't access, access those kinds of things on our own. It's like trying to learn about current events by reading the National Enquirer. <laughs> right, exactly. You, know, you get all you get the salacious. Of maybe truth and some yeah, salacious all the salacious stuff. Sketchy shit yeah, with but, none of the actual context or information. Right, exactly. All right, so now we start to meet a f- slew of neighbors from oh. this first apartment complex. And the first one we meet is called Sue McCallum. This is the one who has, like, when I say the design choices, interior design <laughs> in this in this uh-huh. document, when, when you get to meet all of these this cast of characters, yeah. the styling of their homes. Well, look. They don't live in no, but 90210, I mean, right? No, they don't, but so, okay. Like, this woman has- What's going on with the Eiffel Towers? Nine million Eiffel Towers everything in her Everything is Eiffel Towers. She didn't and sound tulips, French. Tulips. She yeah. had tulips all over, which is pretty, yeah. but also then- It's a weird theme. It's like a Dutch, Yeah, French, Dutch, French, and not what, even I mean, Dutch. It's just, like Dutch, Parisian <laughs> yeah. theme. 
And just by the, the way, Eiffel Paris Tower. is just the Eiffel, Le Tour de Fel, right? Uh, yeah, that's right. It. That's it. That's and there's like mind. Eiffel Towers everywhere. <laughs> and all I could think of is, remember that time in, in Interview with the Vampire where I made that joke about the, <laughs> the Eiffel, Eiffel Tower, Tower sex, sex position? Yes. But <laughs> so that was, that's my own problem that yeah. I have to work through. <laughs> I know. You really are obsessed. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. So. I like a nice high five. <laughs> Who <wow>. doesn't? <laughs> uh, hmm. All right. So, so Sue is a neighbor from the Westfield Apartments. Yeah. Now, you thought that she was a Karen. I do. And I just thought she reminds me of a very, this is a very Midwest person. Which she rem- Karen's, she yeah. reminded me a lot of, of really kind of like my grandma, my Was mom. Grandma Karen LaRusso? No, oh, okay. no. Anita Paymuller, actually. Well, how would I know that? <laughs> but anyway. Uh, Maybe that's a strike against me, but I don't know that. I don't know. She's not nice, no. but she's a truth teller. She's speaking oh, truth. Oh, yeah. There. I don't think she's lying, but she's also not. I mean, you can tell she's not the kindest person. No, she's not kind, but she's. Uh, I was uh, watching out my window. Uh, she, yeah. Well, yeah. but she tells the truth about what that apartment complex was really thinking yeah. and feeling. Yeah. Now, when I say she's a truth teller, I don't know that she knows the truth about Natalia's age. I'm saying that how she's describing how all of that went down and, and the feeling and the, uh, the vibe at the time, that's the, that's the truth. And so I don't think it's Karen as much as it is just this sort of unvarnished. She's not Edna Kravitz. Yeah. She's not uh, trying to couch things in a nice way. She could, right? Because this is making her, it's just, she's very straightforward. She's very yeah. blunt. In well, fact, she starts out by trying to help her. Yeah. She, she, she sees Natalia she getting dropped off and the grocery bags being set out, like on, yeah. I guess on there the, 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 the sidewalk yeah. and Natalia is expected to take them in and uh, Christine's sitting in the Cadillac. I will say I 100% believe what she told us. Y- yeah. Yeah. You know, that, I believe her story. Yeah. And that N- Natalia couldn't, could barely open the front of door of the yeah, uh, complex. Yeah. Anyway, she says that, you know, she tries to start out helping Natalia yeah. and she takes her grocery shopping from time to time. And she alerts that oh, she finds out that Natalia is on food stamps. She kind of is casting shade on the Barnett's and she goes, you're yeah, driving a Cadillac. Is on food why is this child or, yeah. or this person? She believes that Natalia, Sue believes that Natalia was an adult. Yeah. And so she says, I just don't understand why this, you know, if they have money enough for this fancy car, why is she living like this? Why is she living in these apartments and why is she on food stamps? Can't you help her out? We also meet a couple, Melanie Miles and her husband, Toby. That the ginger? Yes. And they live across the street. Yeah. Also, both of them very credible. See, yeah, I would and say they were credible. probably of of all the neighbors, they kind were the probably most the most what I would yeah. consider normal. Yeah, uh, they were good neighbors. They shared their numbers with their neighbors, and yeah, yeah. They, they so they described that Nat- and they have kids, and they have two two kids, a girl and a boy, and they described that Natalia very early on into her moving there came came across the street and introduced herself, struck up a conversation with them when she saw them working yep. in a uh, the yard. Both of them, well, Toby says she definitely wasn't a child. Okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, especially at this point, she's some age. She's right? some age. And, and, but she's, 
Is she 16, 17, 18, 19? If Who knows? she was the right, she would be 10 if she was six when she came, you know, right. maybe so she, maybe she would, she would be like 10, 11 or 12, like in that range, depending on how long, no, they said four years so, when she's been put out into this house by herself. And so, so let's say she's between 10 and 14 years of age. Yeah. If she's, if, she, if they did fudge her, her birthday, yeah. but she could be as young as 10. That would right. be if, if her, her birth date was, was correct. When she first came to the country, she was six. Okay. Toby says definitely wasn't a child. She was nice and she expressed herself well. Oh no. What a crime. And he says that this was kind of a funny line and he goes, it was kind of an interesting, it was like, if it was a line read, I'd go good line read. Yeah. He goes, it didn't, Nailed it. he goes, it didn't bother me at the time. At the time. And then he smirks. At the time. (laughs) Right. And uh, and he smirks. Dramatic pause. Yeah. And it was, but it was good. And it it felt authentic to me. Yeah. Um, Andrew Rice speaks and he says he used to live near Natalia in Westfield. She came wandering into his yard when she saw his grandson playing with a, a bike. He said it was cold outside. She didn't have a jacket. Um, but she wanted to play with the little boy. Right. And then he said um, he didn't think that she was a child either. Right. And she admitted to him that she was 26. To other people, she's saying that she's 22. But to him, he remembers her saying why. that she was 26. Yeah. Um, well, here's the thing. She doesn't know how old she is. She doesn't know. And I, she's being told by uh, all these people that she, her age isn't right. Right. She has no idea what her fucking. I mean, if if I hadn't had my age reinforced for me every single year of my life. Yeah. You I might not know who how old I was. Yeah. All right. So she also all of the neighbors described that she smelled like she didn't take baths. She has had no. Upbringing (laughs) that would be normal for any other kid. So here's the thing. If she's 10 years old, she's definitely not going to be hygienic. Really Oh, 10 year olds are disgusting. Through their teens or early teens, kids are disgusting. It's really yeah. only, you know, once they get to probably their mid teens and sometimes not even then. But we've all been in classes with kids who did not smell good. And usually and it's because they don't get good parenting, parenting attention. Good. Yes. You know, they're uh, financially strapped a lot of times. Right. So and they may want to, but they can't yeah, they, really do the parenting that they I mean, her power should. keeps getting cut off every, every week. Right. Right. So she's, um, so, so all of these things are kind of, are, are coming up now. If she was 10, when she was put out, she wouldn't know that. But if she was a scammer and she was in on the scam and she knew that she wasn't that little, but she was scamming people. Well, then you would think, she would know how to take care of herself, but she doesn't really seem to authentically. Yeah. She doesn't seem to know how and to care for herself. Even if she was a scammer, right? She's in on the scam. There is 0% chance that she's in her twenties when she's adopted. No, for right? sure not. 0% no, she chance. had baby teeth when and, she was coming into and the who country. Is telling, who is teaching her how to run these scams? Nobody. No. She's, there's no way she's that She's playing four-dimensional chess when she's had such a weird, rocky, interrupted upbringing. She is the pawn in the chess game. Absolutely. And I would say that there are others. And again, that's something that we can discuss kind of in a wrap-up episode maybe. Um, Toby, then her state of her body makes him kind of question. He said he remembers questioning to himself 
does she is she not capable because of her disabilities yeah. to undress herself right. and bathe because she would rewear clothing all the time? Yeah. So probably, probably she because was she sleeping. had like four outfits. <laughs> she was, yeah. Well, you know, from so. Christine, the ice bitch. You know, I mean, I'm sure she didn't have an extensive wardrobe, but she's never really had that kind of normal life where you shower every day and all that stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it you don't stink to yourself. No, you, you don't. You I can't mean? smell yourself. No. Really. Sometimes you can, but most of the I time. Mean, oh, but only when it's unusual. Right. Right. Like I can smell myself if I'm like. Really a little stinky. Whiffy. Yeah. No. I'm like, ooh, Mark. <laughs> Maybe wow. take a shower, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if but if I smelled like that every single day, you I wouldn't would just, know. I'd be smell blind. Right, 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 right. So um so there's this one person that is interviewed. She obviously refused to have her face shown. Yeah. And she's shown only from like the neck down. She's she's made the fashion choice. To wear uh, just some kind of sweatpants pulled up and like, I don't even know, like, I whatever. But she's she's actually one of the biggest personalities. And she's like, oh, yeah. she's always kind of yelling. She she really disliked Natalia. Yeah. And she's uh, but she also would was pointing out and to a person as much as they did not like this, did not like Natalia and thought Natalia was odd. They all to a person said. What's, What's going, going on with, with their the parents? parents? Yeah. Why are the parents driving sports cars and Cadillacs yeah. and she's living in this kind of. Look, regardless of what Natalia's personality is and how she acts out and whatever, you know, neuroses or psychopathy she might have. Mm-hmm. That's a big jump, it. though. That's a big that's a jump over a chasm between neuroses and then like. Psychopathy. Yes. Thank <laughs> you. I was very comfortable making it because I am a mountain goat. <laughs> Intellectually and physically. Oh, wow. <laughs> but she, she has had, at best, a rocky upbringing. Yeah. And realistically, a horrible upbringing. She's rejected by her birth mother, rejected by her first adoptive family, possibly more. Mm-hmm. Right. Bounced around being told, here's how you have to market yourself to get adopted by a family, then rejected by that family mm-hmm. and moved out with no. I mean, what kind of education is she receiving? We haven't even heard that she's going to school, but I assume she is. She did go to school, at least at first. Yeah. But I, I guarantee you she does not have any kind of anything approaching a normal education. No. And certainly not any kind of parenting that we would recognize as valid. Right. And all the neighbors reinforce that. So, and Toby says this, look, she needed help, whether she was five or 50, she needed help. And and that wasn't there. Okay. So here's where things start to get, you've got this, this slew of no kind of nosy agitated neighbors who are upset by this, this situation. Uh, because she's very clingy. clingy, She keeps coming. She gloms onto these people and like, Hey, can I get some food? Yeah, um, yeah, I don't have any food. I'm yeah. hungry. Can I, yeah. you know, and so they, so, and she would walk into their apartments without being invited. She yeah. would, she was kind of creepy around yeah, little yeah. kids. Um, Doesn't really understand boundaries. Boundaries, zero boundaries. She was constantly calling Melanie and Toby yeah. on the phone. Yeah. Okay. Because she's, by the way, in addition to whatever, you know, psychological issue she has, she's lonely. She's lonely. She's, she's been dumped there 
with no support, no friends, no. no family, nothing. Very little food, evidently. Yeah. All right, until the neighbors said, look, something's off. As much as we don't like her, something's off here. And they contacted DCS. Yeah. Heather Wilson, who who was the one who had investigated her back at the other, from when she was put out onto the deck and told she had to yeah. sleep on the deck. Um She's like, oh, my file has changed. Apparently she's 37 That's right. So yeah. she was, this is before she, she was re-aged. So fast forward a year. This was a year back that she was doing that first investigation. You think she like checked her calendar? Na- she's Na- like, wait, how'd this kid get 22? <laughs> Natalia is now 22. So Beth Karras, again, has to speculate because Heather Wilson did not speak. And as far as we know, wasn't even asked. There's yeah. usually they'll put up a note that says refuse, so, to, refuse speak to speak. Or no, they, that would be actual professional <laughs> documentary making. But uh, so she, Heather Wilson, may not be convinced. Nan, um, he, um, Beth Karras says that she was an adult and wanted to make sure that her basic needs were being yeah. met. This is where then suddenly DCS is involved. Here comes back Michael. Yeah, there's a recording that Michael did. Of Natalia. And here yeah. again, they had to have gotten this from Michael. Yeah. Or Michael's attorneys or whatever, the the documentarians. And this does not make Michael look good. Right. How Michael thought, I'm going to give this to people so that yeah. they can really see. Because he's he's oblivious. He's oblivious. That would right, be so- like me calling you up. It's like, hey, how's it going, Christina? Um, Now, I've never threatened to kill you, right? <laughs> okay, good. Hi. Well, just have a great day. And, you know. Stop stealing things. Bye. You know? And it's like, now I have evidence that Christina is not only not being uh, murdered, but also is stealing things. Exactly. Right. So he's talking to her and he keeps, he's badgering her. Where, where were you? Are you talking about, uh, are you talking to Heather? Oh yeah. How paranoid are they? So To find out that she talks to anybody other than them. Well, guess what? If you only wanted her to talk to you, maybe keep her in your house. Right. Right, exactly. And so Beth Karras says they only started really buying her groceries after the investigation was reopened. But we don't see that. We do have the we have the commentary from the uh, Sue, the neighbor who says I would she she said she didn't have groceries, you know, and I would go grocery shopping with her and all of this. And then they put up a handwritten letter that Natalia wrote that handwriting. Yeah, it was so. Childish. Childish. Childish, well, childish. And of course, writing. that reflects not only whatever her age is, but her lack of education and structure mm-hmm. and care and parenting. Yeah. And so so I froze the screen and I looked at what she wrote. Yeah. So so listen to how that listen is to at least a step more than I took. Compared <laughs> to how the words were written, listen yeah. to the words that are being yeah. written, all right? I am making it appear as if I do not have items I have been provided. Oh, what a fucking setup. <laughs> key. I put a key in the car. Phone. I was calling everyone and ran out of minutes, and there was a phone problem. Toilet paper. I had a jumbo packet, and I used it all so I could tell people that mom was not taking care of me. Yeah. Clothing. My clothing is missing, so I could make other people think that I don't have clothes. Told people my milk was getting rotten, even though it was not. It's spoiled because I got groceries every weekend. That is 100% Christine uh, here's the telling last her line. what to write. Yeah, here's the last line. I am doing this because I am trying to intimidate mom and dad, and I am trying to frame them by making my parents look mean. Yeah. That, but Bitch. if you look at the, if, Bitch. if you know look at the is. writing, yeah. and you see that writing, that's yeah. the, 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 the condition of the penmanship, 
and then hear those words, yeah. no fucking way. New. No fucking Zero way. Zero chance As, that are that those are her words. Right. Zero chance. So uh, that letter recanted many things that she said in yeah. the past. And Karis speculates, as we are, is it possible that that was dictated to to Natalia? It's not so only it's not possible, possible. That's had to have been what happened. Definitely what happened. <laughs> <laughs> that's hundred percent. She's like, look. I have glamour shots to take. I need you to write this letter and I'm going to tell you what it says and then I'm going to go do some selfies. Right. So after all this with the with, so DCS is getting involved. So then Christine goes and she cuts Natalia's hair and she cleans her up. By the way, that up. was that haircut that is short basically little boy the, haircut. I don't give a fuck haircut. Yeah. You know, you know a little pixie little boy haircut. That, I mean, it's it not look, I I couldn't yeah. it made her look really young, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was awful. Oh, it was terrible. They, they, she cut it all off. But see, she wasn't taking care of her hair. So you have a good right. thing. She's going to cut it yeah. short and then it's less, yeah. less trouble. Le- less, oh, I will even say that it's less obvious that she's not taking care of her hair. Right, right. Headless striped shirted lady. Yeah. Has said she saw Christine and Natalia with this, this short, clean hair. And then she says about Natalia, there's, and this is when, uh, actually, this is when Christine brings N- Natalia over to her and, and demands that Natalia admit to this woman, yeah. this who isn't who was a neighbor, that everything that she'd been told was, was a, lie. a lie. But the same lady says about Natalia, she was a sly fox and she was scary, and everybody dreaded Natalia coming around. Which then we hear everybody dreaded yeah. it. We talked about that a little bit. Right. So then she calls nine one one. Yeah, on herself. On herself. I'm walking around the neighborhood. I'm thinking about hurting my neighbors. Yep. I'm stalking one of my neighbors. I want to hurt them. I'm afraid of what might happen if yeah. someone doesn't help that me. That is acting out. Acting out and looking for attention. I'm I'm worried about, I'm afraid of what might happen if someone doesn't help me. Now look, it could. is it possible that she could hurt somebody? Yes. Because look at the kind of trauma she's been through. Yeah, absolutely. Now, it doesn't excuse, you know, bad behavior, but she's like, you know, what do I got to do? To mm-hmm. get somebody to pay attention to what's going on here, because mm-hmm. I've been abandoned. She's like, "Well, maybe I'll call nine one one and I'll give them a good reason to come out. Come out and get me, because yeah. at least then she's somewhere where then someone's get, taking care of her. If they arrest me, at least I get three hots and a cot. Wow, you say that as if you've I been mean, in prison you know, or seen many prison movies. You know, I've uh, <laughs> I've done some time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. In the sense of like standing in line at grocery stores <laughs> and stuff, but, which is uh, almost like prison. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I've been to the DMV. Oh, definitely like prison. Okay, very, thank you. Uh, so the report about Natalia said person is a danger to self and others. She stated that she is stalking several neighbors across the street. Yeah. She said she wants to hurt them and is afraid of what may happen. When the mom arrived, it was reported that the daughter was trying to burn things, but nothing is on fire. And the Christine believes the daughter is in a destructive phase and may want to hurt herself or others. She's begging them to institutionalize her. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. So now here's something that uh, that strikes me as strange, and and I get. I oh, kind just of, one thing. <laughs> I kind of. Well, no. I mean, everything is, but I kind of get where this or why this is happening. Um, she would go around to these neighbors and admit to them that she had a knife. Or th- that she had a knife yeah. on her parents one yeah. night. Sue said that when she said that, she told that as if it was a very normal thing. Yeah. Uh, Toby and Melanie also said that she casually talked about attempted murder. Right. And so do I. It, right. To be honest. <laughs> what do you think? Like, to me, that's 
Is that also attention getting? I guess so. But look, is it possible that those that she's telling the truth that she is, you know, looking to harm somebody? It's totally possible. Yeah. Because this is a psychologically damaged person. Because he and again, it's a I think it is attention seeking whether it is conscious attention seeking or or sur, like some kind of survival instinct yeah. attention seeking. Because you know, even if you don't want to be in an institution, at least being someplace is better than being alone right. and yeah. potentially afraid. And and of course, she would have been scared because, again, even if you are an adult, she clearly didn't have any life skills. Yeah, so. I barely had any life skills and I had great parents and I went to college right. and all these other things. I was like, I don't know. Could we just stir fry everything? That seems like a good meal option. Yep. Yep. So anyway, at this point, DCS realizes they can't help because she's not a child. So that that would be another but ACS or APS, whatever it is, adult protective services. Yeah, or something. Should, could and should have probably done something for her. There was a, a lot of uh, just weird menacing that Natalia did yeah. continued to do, and that she was really grating on these neighbors. And it turned out that she did some kind of potentially shady things with kids, like Possibly, she would get yeah. too close, and right, right. Some kids just. You know, she they told her get the hell away, and yeah. then another boy, like she, so it, I guess it happened in front of witnesses. Like she tried to open to, his pants. Yeah, so she's obviously got some weird attachment issues, <clears throat> possible sexual issues. You know, look, when, guess what happens when you basically treat someone as if they're feral? They're going to have problems. Eventually, it, she's they don't renew the lease at this apartment. Yeah, they're like we uh, we had. Three complaints, that's all we need. Boom, you're you're out. And at this point, they move her to apartment number two, which is not even in the same city. No. It's in Lafayette, right, Indiana. Where they, where they went to college. Where they went to college, and they moved her into an area that was really problematic. Seedy. Very problematic, you know, impoverished. Yeah. And, and he's like trying to sell it to us, right? She's like, look, it's so great. There's like a check cashing place next door. There's, <laughs> there's a, a bondsman. There's a, yeah, there's a pawn shop. <laughs> and look, a little shitty convenience store that'll take her snap card, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't all the, but was it, he talked about helpful things. Like it was close to the GED center where right. she was getting a, her GED. Yeah, great. And uh, close to a market and close all to he's doing the Salvation just, Army, yeah, he all said. All he's doing is describing what... The poor part of the town looks like it is that, but he's describing it more as simple and low, low income, but still genteel. Yeah, and no. the reality is, definitely was not that. It was a dangerous right. area. So that ends episode three. three, and now we move into episode four, which is victim or villain. And guess what? Shit just gets worse. So now we start hearing from a new person named Robert Cooper, who is that retired detective. Yeah. And he somehow gets involved in this. And he said Natalia was one of the most difficult cases that he had. He said it was like a like a Rubik's Cube. Because everybody's lying. Yeah. And there's no good record. He So he says they they had originally put her into the in Westfield. She was so well known in this 
area in Westfield, in yeah. that county, yeah. in the courts and such, that it was actually quite purposeful to move her out of that district so that people wouldn't Would know, know who she is. Who she yeah, is. of course, because they don't want their- In the system. Not not like people, it's not like she was famous. Right. It's just in the system, yeah. she would have had- What a, they want know. is to be able to kind of get rid of her, but without damaging their reputation. Right. And- this is we learned from Michael that they are leaving to move to Canada. Yeah, because Jacob, the brilliant child, is has been invited to complete his master's degree somewhere in Canada. Yeah, and so they're going to move to We're just support. Moving to Canada. They're going to move yeah. to support him. Bye, and Natalia. Bye, Natalia. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we moved you to three towns over plus. We're leaving the country. Right. So what I like about Robert Cooper is that he just is not there for the. The bullshit, the Barnett no. bullshit. No. He he just knows that they're bad. I'm a, you know, I'm an old gumshoe, mm-hmm. you know? Robert says this, when they move her out of that area and away from her, and they are not close to her at all, and they're actually, like, in a different country, yeah. this is really where the House of Cards starts to crumble. He, he calls it the beginning of the end. So then we meet Kenna. This is Natalia's new neighbor. New best friend, yeah. And she is an interesting character. Yeah. Here again, we have, it's not so much about interior design now right. as is it, as it is about, as you meet these neighbors, they become increasingly less couth in yeah. some ways. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like you start well, out with in... their nosy neighbor, nosy next door yeah. neighbor, uh, whatever her name is, something Amber, Rachel Amber. Yeah. And she's, you know, she's upscale and all of this. Then you go to that second apartment complex and it's, there's still, she's sliding down the economic scale and it's, and it's, and it's not, it's just, it's in, it's in their, their carriage and just the way that they are. And I, I'm, it's weird how they, how they've done this. So maybe if this is, Christina, they are poor. If this was, hang on, I'm not judging though. If, well, I kind of am, but I, I don't mean it to be like, okay, you know, it's just, they make some, the documentarians make some interesting choices here. Yeah. They could control those environments a little more than they yeah. do. They could take those people and put them in a chair in a room. Right. And, and, but That's instead, not what they want. They want to show, and I think that they're illustrating, ooh, actually, okay, so that's kind of clever. They're illustrating, they're letting Her the- slide down the economic scale. They're letting right? the demographics show yep. where, where they are. Okay, so Kenna says- I have nine cats. That right there, total red flag. <laughs> two, two dogs. Yeah, eleven iguanas. Five kids. Yeah, a wall full of crosses. Yeah, which is it's like what I'm afraid the of hell? vampires. <laughs> um, she had a, you know, she's she's just a she's a, a it, it was just a weird thing, and I just sat there and I thought to myself, oh my god, that house has to smell nine cats, oh, just nine cats. You're. There's zero chance and that that place doesn't smell. So it starts out, she's sitting you know on she's, an ottoman. Yeah. There's a chair behind her, no. but she's sitting on an ottoman yeah. holding a baby, baby. who's being fed who, milk. It's not even her baby, probably. She go, well, no, she said he'll be number six if yeah, I which, adopt him. Yeah. And, and she's in the business of adopting. Uh, yeah, yeah, she is. She's a little hoarder of of lives because yeah. she's got nine fucking cats. Yeah, I know that. Ha- okay, and so I'm watching this, and she's just got milk is dripping down, and I just yeah. thought to myself, you know, that house smells sour as fuck. It's squalor. It's just, it's like, what is happening in the, you know? And then she talks about, but she 
But she was very caring. But she's semi-decent to Natalia, so she gets points for that. So this is interesting. If you think about what I just said about how the documentarians show this this decline, uh, like socioeconomic decline, but what they show is down here are where the more caring people were. All right? So- so so now you hear Kenna saying, God, you know, I just felt terrible. She came to my house and said she first asked to use the phone and she couldn't seem yeah. to figure out how to use a landline. Yeah. And so then. Which, and by then the she, way, I think is not unique to her. No. In this generation. No. And I mean, it's hard for me to do it. If You're I think like, about oh, like what? picking up a phone and yeah. doing that, that'd be weird. Um, but she says she she had no food. And could she have a sandwich? And yeah. so this they became kind of friendly. And this person really lays it out for you. Kenna is the one who tells us, look, yeah. this is a bad neighborhood yeah she was in a bad situation she, she was i go about i go around strapped 24 exactly. 7 I've, not only do i carry in the home i carry on my body outside of the home yeah. this is not a safe neighborhood and uh she said there's you know vagrants and crime happening in the area she wouldn't let her kids walk around there without you know on their own you know she was sad at the end i don't you know she kind of pretended to cry and maybe she was crying but she said you know i hope she's having a good life she deserves yeah, justice I, re- I really miss her so Social security money. No, that's a different one. <laughs> She's still living with this. They're all like that. Yeah. No, but I, so, so she deserves justice. Yeah. And she says her parents and they, and they could, and this person didn't seem to suggest that she was a child. This person seemed, right. or wasn't a child. This person seemed to kind of recognize that. And I get it. I guess that's a lot of them say whether or not she was a child, she still needed the she assistance. Didn't, yeah. She didn't have the wherewithal, the training, the schooling, the uh, you know life skills to do this right. She had never lived on her own. Okay, now you're living on your own. Yeah, that's it. And, and in a in a very dangerous, perilous situation, she's yeah. a second floor apartment. Yeah. No accommodations for her disabilities. Right. Yes. Because she can't reach anything. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, the countertops are full height. Mm-hmm. This is not an ADA apartment here, right? Definitely not. So uh, then we get to see some interesting text. Between Michael and Christine. And this yeah. is where we start to see. Did I you feel notice like they're this? messaging on Facebook well, or something. Did you notice this where they would put up this? This is another choice by the documentarians that I think is interesting. They put up uh, Michael's texts and then his picture as if you couldn't tell just by putting his name, Michael. Yeah. They put they had to put a picture of Michael and it was just kind of like a profile black and yeah. white picture of Michael. When they would put up Christine's texts, they would put up. The text box on the side of it was this like glamour shot of yeah. Christine. These are her Tinder pictures. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. <laughs> they're like, well, we found her on Bumble. So we're going to just use those pictures. But anyway, there, there's a texting exchange that they show where Michael and Christine are kind of arguing. Michael's like, you got me in trouble with the apartment pill, uh, people. You Natalia didn't tell me anything was about the electric power bill. for three days. And then she, uh, she showed no concern whatsoever. None, none. I'll, I'll take care of it tomorrow. Yeah. You know, and, then, and then and then she says, give her her food card and wipe out her contact list and yeah. clear out her stuff so she doesn't go to Hamilton County and call everyone. They'd done this before. And in fact, yeah. Michael had a video of him going to visit her in the uh, in the one in apartment the one, yeah. and saying uh well number one that stupid conversation about the donuts yeah where did these donuts come from but then number two he said um 
he took her phone and wiped it all out and said, yeah. I, I've, you can't talk to Heather anymore, yeah. the DCS right, person. Right. I mean, he, he, so he's done this They're before. They're covering up. They're, right. And so give her a food caramel. And then Michael says, I'll do it. But if you think she doesn't have those num- numbers memorized, you're crazy. Yeah. Well, I will agree with part of what he said. She crazy. <laughs> crazy he, evil. Yeah. Well, Christine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Beth Karras is talking to us about, um, you know, like how she's a three foot tall little person. They put her in a second floor apartment in a high crime neighborhood. As we mentioned, no accommodations for her disability, took her cell phone. She didn't have a landline. She had no way to call for help. Well, they finally give her back her cell phone, wipe her contact info. And at times there was no electricity or food. Yeah. And they're like. She got Beth cares because they're trying to get rid of her for good. Yeah. Now we, we go deeper into the neighborhood and we meet some people who inhabit the neighborhood. Wow. That's oh. a sketchy ass neighborhood. <laughs> oh. So who we meet is Eddie Ramey. All right. Eddie's got some issues. <laughs> <laughs> so Eddie is there. He's like. He mistook this, I think, for an episode of Cops I and might. took his shirt right off. How, again, I know that he, the, the documentarians have to make this choice, the producers, to say, we're going sh- to let them show. Yeah. We're going to let them Eddie. tell the stories with their yeah. words, but yeah. also with their bodies. Yeah. Look, Eddie, you look as sketchy as you want to. Okay? Yeah. Eddie comes out. They could have said, sir, we're going to clean you put up and on put on a shirt. shirt. Just a shirt. Just put on a shirt. Because he's got... <laughs> He's got a dick growing out of his stomach. He's got a really odd a belly it's a button. It's a hernia. Right. I An know. Untreated hernia. <laughs> and and it's like he's got this dick on his stomach there. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's talking. Well, it's just very you casual. Don't, you don't see the dick. Oh, no, dick they pan until, down. It, yeah. Until the later they pan down. They were shooting a tighter shot, yeah, tighter close-up of him. That stayed there. But what, like just, you know, a little bit like the top of his belly. And he's telling his story. He's very casual. He's like, so, you know, I made some mistakes. Yeah, I'm a sex offender. <laughs> you know, that happened. But, you know, I paid my dues. And, and then I, he, he was like. And I made sure to stay away from her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. She's a little kid. I stay away from that. Yeah, he said that now. He, he learned when during his time in the yeah. in prison to watch and be observant. And, yeah. you know, he, he needed to stay away from kids. Oh, oh God. Okay. So we're, we now know your story, Eddie. <laughs> Eddie. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Eddie is, that's the kind of neighbor that she has there. This is the kind of person. That, and he's probably yeah, one of the better ones. Yeah. And I mean, the sex offender with the dick growing out of his stomach is probably the highest quality, you know, guy on that street. It was a lot. All right. So she we learned that that she was going to that adult reading uh, academy. That academy at some point called Michael. Yeah. In Canada. Where is she? (laughs) They asked if Michael and Christine had seen Natalia and like who? He, Michael was like, "Where's Natalia? Where's oh, Natalia?" Oh yeah, you were so concerned. And then, Fuck you. and then uh, they called him back, and they said, "You know what? Don't worry about it. We found her. She's yeah. with Cynthia Mann." Right, Cynthia. Cynthia's like, "All right, girl, you got some of that Social Security. You got that SNAP card. <laughs> we're all about it." <laughs> yeah, she's like, "You are welcome to join our little family. Move in." Maybe they did help her. But they're also all about the dollar dollar bills. No, hundred yeah. percent. So, 2014 to 2019, the police start looking into this case. They've seen enough, 
and uh, they decide they're they're yeah. going to start looking into this case. And there's like a real weird fast jumble here at yeah. this point in the documentary. We learn a couple things quickly. Davenport, the guy, the the, the detective that had taken yeah. it all over, wanted to find the Barnetts because he felt what they had done is suspicious. So they're looking into oh, them. We learn from Michael. That in 2014, he left Christine. He's like, I finally gathered the courage to oh, leave yes. her. Yeah. Okay, calm down, drama boy. <laughs> I mean, it was so extra. Yeah. I mean, because now we start getting the Michael who isn't at least being kind to Christine. We start seeing 2022 oh, no, Michael who throwing is throwing her under, her the- under the bus. Absolutely. So, so we now hear that, oh, you know, it was a rough divorce and uh, – I can't even email with her yeah. without ha- erupting in in some kind of fight. He, it's terrible. Well, and, he's probably cramping her dating, you know, well, by existing. So. <laughs> and he is estranged from his sons and all of that. So when we learn that, and then we hear a recording of a meeting with Michael and Davenport, and we learn that Michael has been charged with two counts of child, child neglect. Abuse. Yeah, child neglect. Yep. And then guess what? Well, I don't know what job he had, by the way. Yeah. But he ain't got it no more. No. The company found out about it. They're like, well, dude, you, we always thought you were weird. Now you're too weird. Yeah. And you're, you're out. And you're out. Um, You get a, a recording of the meeting between Michael and Davenport, and you hear Michael saying, this is what Christine said. This is yeah. why we moved her to Lafayette. Right. And here's what Christine said. These are the words. Oh, yeah. Lafayette is a white trash town. No one's going to care. No one is going to notice. And because these people are white trash, they won't be manipulated, meaning by Natalia. Right. And so- Is streetwise, I guess? Yeah. I, guess, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know and, that and theory then, there. And then- when he's talking about this, it, it seemed to me that he thought, "Ooh, that was a good, that yeah. was a good yeah. dig. That that would be a terrible yeah, thing. Right. That would really like Christine would look yeah. really bad if she says it." And then she has, and then he repeats it, and it was. I, I just thought he made like I thought a lot of the, that second, probably that second part was made up. The right. white, if the, they're white trash, they won't right. be manipulated. I yeah, don't he, know. He was like repeating the line. Yeah, the sure white trash. The really, you got to understand exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, so then he gets booked and fingerprinted, and he has to go in a holding cell. And Christine turned herself in the next day, yeah. and that's when we get the the Christine walking by and saying. No comment. No comment. Now, I do feel like Christine is probably the smartest person in that family, <laughs> but also the worst. Also, the, just, yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, Michael's pretty bad. Yes, but, but I think Christine is worse. Uh, so, Kara says, now it becomes Barnett versus Barnett. Natalia, oh, yeah. Natalia is not the target anymore no. for Michael. It's Christine. And yeah. you can tell also, I think that Beth Karras really dislikes Michael just like I do. Yeah. And it's probably saying, you know, yeah, Christine's a bad one, but my, Michael is the one. Michael yeah. is the, you know, Michael, She he's trying to pin this sure. on her. I feel like- I don't know. I, I would, I mean, look, they're both horrible. I think we can both agree on that. Yeah, no. They're terrible parents. They're terrible people. They're liars. They're duplicitous. They're scheming. But- I don't know. And maybe it's just because we see more of Michael. Yeah. I feel like Christine is the true Cruella DeVille in this story. Well, I mean, that's what they want you to believe, yeah. right? I mean, if well, you I'm were hearing Christine's so. <laughs> side of it, you might say differently. Yeah. Okay, so well, Michael... Um, and by she 20, should have stepped up then. Yeah, by the 2022 interview with Michael, yeah. with the documentarians, he had lost everything. And he says his life is all about the trial 
Now he starts. This is Christina. Uh, is is Christine is bl- a black hearted person. Now he can see how he's manipulated by Christine. He sees how his children are continuing to be manipulated by right. Christine. Her nickname is Evil, and well, she has I mean, earned every letter. As, as someone who makes up really good nicknames for people, <laughs> that's a terrible nickname. That's not good. Uh, he hasn't. An- Cruella would have been better. Yeah. You know, whatever. But. In 2022, he says he hasn't seen his his two youngest children for eight years. Yeah. And he says, we were all abused in that household. And Christine is the purveyor of abuse in that household. Then we hear a little bit more from Jacob too. And he says, uh, his mom did believe that Natalia was, he he says a hostile agent. She means to do harm. He speaks in this very, he's very, well, he's poetic way. He's, he's, I mean, clearly on the spectrum. Yes. Well, he is. He doesn't really know what happened, what's going on. He's just being told things. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, of course, you know, one of the things, you know, uh, that can happen if you're on the spectrum is you don't pick up on social clues as well, which, you know, is fine. I mean, that's just how it is. But mm-hmm. he's clearly doesn't really get what's going on, right. in my opinion. Michael is obsessed with throwing Christine under the bus. Yeah. And we hear some more about what these bad things are that she did. He describes Christine as being obsessed with learning the truth about Natalia, yeah. who she was, and who all the families Which, she's okay. saved. On one level, fine. But, but on another level, take care of the kid that you adopted. Well, no, absolutely. A hundred percent. If she is a bad actor, yeah. Natalia, I can understand wanting to to know why and how sure. and all of that, but also get, put her with authorities, get her out, expose what has happened yeah. here. Uh, that, that They're just kind of like trying don't to just, hide her. Don't just throw her out. Yeah. <laughs> like literally, yeah. like you said, wrap her up in a sheet and yeah. throw her out the door as yeah. your, the like, car door. We're done. And this obsession with knowing the truth led to some punishment in the home, in, which included having her stand for hours right. against which the wall with her, her nose against the wall child abuse abuse to the point where she she wet her pants yeah. and then eventually had a bowel movement yeah i mean who among us haven't hasn't done that? well with my nose against the wall <laughs> no but yeah. as a punishment no like yeah, that not. is abuse that is anybody torture. who would do that would and she here we go <laughs> videotaped herself yeah. doing that. You got to yeah. stand up. This is your time against the wall with your nose. You got to right. stand there. And she videotaped herself. And she goes, you're back. She's like, you're complaining that you're in pain and you, you've been yeah. there only for whatever it was. And she's like, you, guess what? Come you know, on. Disabled. You know, the implication is that she better get used to it because she's going to be there for much yeah. longer if she doesn't do what Christine wants her to do. It's terrible. It's abuse. And she's videotaping it. Which, they, by the way. I don't know what, I mean, if she was to actually videotape the entire thing, she would need like three or four of those little VHSC cassettes. <laughs> she would have. <laughs> and then also it, it led to physical violence, according yeah. to Michael. And this is where we get one of the wildest oh, Michael scenes the, the, that I think I've ever seen. Yeah, that was whack. <laughs> and he's like illustrating how she like threw Natalia down and was beating the shit out of her in like kind of a movie sort of way. <laughs> like, I don't think parents really throw kids down and just start wailing on them. Well, he was like punching. Yeah. He completely lost his mind and he gets down on his knees where at first it's very rehearsed, as you said, and it's conspiratorial. Like, come on, I'm going to tell you what it is. Let me tell you a little secret about what happened. And then he's like, I'm going to need you here. Like he's directed Uh, the camera angle. Camera, I'm going to need you to get down here on the floor with me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And then he starts beating the floor. punching the floor. I'm like, first of all, dude, 
I don't know if you know how pantomime works, <laughs> but you, you could know I- you could fake punches without actually hitting your thin carpet over concrete floor. It was a hundred percent. I'm like, you know that hurt. Absolutely. He, and then at the end, he gets up and he goes, like, ow. ow, ow. <laughs> I'm God. like, dude, you are a and moron. his face was bright red. Yeah, he obviously just lost his shit he there. D- he clearly did. What the it hell? was crazy. So, but one of the things that Michael says after after this floor beating incident, yeah. he's stunned that her, Natalia's body wasn't broken into a thousand pieces. Yeah. Okay. Let's calm down I, you know, bit. like it's he's changed his tune so much. He's yeah. he's much more sympathetic towards Natalia. Yeah. Much more of an ally to the Natalia. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah, yeah, and and he does say about Natalia. He said she may have been the only person, God bless her, who's ever stood up to Christine. Because yeah. now Christine is the enemy, and yeah. she is the one who's reputation needs to be sullied. I don't think either one of these guys could be possibly more sullied than they are right now. As it comes towards the end here, you start to see Michael and Jacob interact. Yeah. And, the, you know, Michael is all of a sudden waxing poetic about popcorn. Yeah. Well, he's like reminiscing about how, you know, we were we were all about movie night yeah. and eating popcorn We were that together. family. And they we had, were, yeah. yeah, like he had got, a movie theater like, popcorn. Yeah, he's got legitimately like a popcorn thing, you know, where you like dump the bucket over or whatever when it's full. Mm-hmm. That brings Jacob out of the ba- out of the basement, right? He's like, ooh, popcorn. Right. So he comes up in the middle of this like description of how torturous everybody's life is. And Jacob's just like, oh, popcorn. And starts eating it with no expression on his face. Yeah. Like he just, and that just shows that he doesn't really get, you know, what the stakes are here or how people are feeling. He's trying to figure it out. Yeah. He, uh, and he's, he's asking not questions dumb, about but it. But he just like- doesn't understand why people are behaving this way or that yeah. they're behaving this way. And and he's concerned, and we hear this at the end, uh, he's concerned about stepping wrong and, yeah. and, and, and oh, yeah. implicating one of his friends. I don't want to get my mom in trouble, in trouble. Or my dad in trouble. Right, yeah. And they're, they're kind of having this interview with yeah. him, and they're asking him questions. And at this point... He says, "I'm done. I can't talk yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, I'm. I'm. No, I can't. I, I can't. I can't I'm, say more. I'm, I need. I to can s- answer no more questions. I need yeah. to sleep on this. And yeah. it's a very thoughtful. That's a very. He's yeah. he's good at setting that boundary. Except he goes upstairs, and you see, uh, in the in the, the lower thing. third, you see uh, a note noting that Jacob, Jacob forgot to turn off his microphone. Allegedly, alleged. Yeah. You know, which I think. Look, I don't think Jacob is running scams here." Right? He's not playing four-dimensional chess. Right? Yeah. He could play four-dimensional chess, like actual four-dimensional chess, I think, with his math skills. But he's not, you know, I don't think he's doing any grand scheming. But maybe his dad had something to do with that. I mean, this this would be a plan that they would have had to have come up with where, like, you know, it's okay if you don't, you know, we want you to get some information out. Yeah, I don't but know. I want to exonerate I was, you. I yeah. don't want your mom. I want your mom to think it might have been an accident, just in case. Right. I don't know. Who knows? But uh, I mean, and this is just a wild guess. He does not seem duplicitous at all. But you know, he just seems like you know he does. He's not really sure what the hell is going on mm-hmm. and what his job is here. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't say that he would plan that kind of scam. No, I agree you with know? you. I don't think. I don't think that he but, is. If he had his microphone on and Michael noticed that and started bringing up this topic, thinking, mm-hmm. oh, he forgot he left his mic on mm-hmm. and I can take advantage of this. That I would 100% believe. And that's when they say something about 
the kicking down the stairs. Yeah, like we don't talk about kicking them down the stairs, right? Wink, wink. Yeah. I don't know. It's just such a weird scene. It's very weird. And I, then I get into uh, this, this ethical area where I say to myself, if I'm the filmmakers, do I use, do I that? use that? They did. Of course, that of course famously happened with uh, the jinx yeah. with uh, yeah. the, that weird, what's his name? Robert Durst. Yeah. That guy who confessed in yeah. the bathroom because he Oops. still had a live mic. Yeah. And this is kind of where we leave off is that they've, they've heard them say this on the, on the mic. And now it's going to be like, right. well, what, you know, what's all that about? Yeah, yeah. What's all that? The ethical problem that I had, which, which is what I was saying is, do they have a right to publish that? Right. I assume that the, whatever release they had signed, they were allowed to publish anything they recorded. But is that ethical where they clearly thought they were off? Or, and, or he somebody had, thought. and he had set a boundary where he said, I don't want to talk yeah, about Jacob this. had, I think, pretty clearly didn't know that he left his mic. Yeah. And, you know, it's it is pretty shitty of the documentarians, I think, to release that with no context, right? right? Not like, hey, let's sit down and talk about this. Yeah. No, they don't do that because that would be actually good journalism. Yeah. They're not going to do good journalism. They're just like, hey, we got this juicy quote. Tidbit. Let's yeah. put it in there. Yeah. Because they're with shitty that. people. <laughs> the question here is, and you're kind of at that point, like yeah. the, the problem with this documentary is the documentarians is yeah. are, are the filmmakers they're shitty filmmakers i would say th i think some of this is really interestingly done especially when we were talking about how they allowed the characters to, the witnesses i guess or the to just be who they be to, to tell the story but yeah. also tell the story yeah. um so i think they that's great i think that's really interesting but if you're talking about trials, you can't it feels it feels like they try and stack it to one side and then they turn around and stack it to the other side. Yeah, because they want to keep you guessing. Right? Yeah. But let me ask you this. What purpose did the sex offender guy serve? None. Absolutely he had no none. information to add. Mm -mm. All they're basically doing is showing, look at the shitty neighborhood she's in. Mm -hmm. And they do some, you know, they do some drive by shots of, mm -hmm. you know, like people hanging out in front of a 7-Eleven or whatever mm -hmm. or on the street. They really used that man. Yeah. They, they really did, did use they that man. They basically said, That's we're really going to use you as an example of how shitty this neighborhood is. Make sure you mention that sex offense. Right. Okay? And oh, you know what? Lose the shirt. Maybe, maybe, or <laughs> or or don't bother to put one on because yeah. the kind thing to do to that man yeah. would have been to give him would have been to give him some direction yeah. around styling. Not saying that they, he'd have to dress up no, in a just, suit. Just put a shirt on. Like my you're dude. going, like you couldn't even walk into a grocery store like that. So yeah. maybe get to that level. It's a it's, where you can walk into a store. Yeah, it, and it's just like. Spectacle, yeah, right. Yeah. For the sake of spectacle, yeah. and, and they, that is, and, and they, using a guy, and yeah, he agreed to do it, but but they were zooming in on that hernia too. At, at the end, they didn't ever have to show it. No, and then they did. They're like, you know what? We got him saying he's a sex vendor. Let's show people the dick on his stomach. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> you know. And again, I understand that there may be a documentary sort of ethic that they in, in, that want they want to employ, which is this is what it is, and we're not yeah. going to dress anything up. Yeah. And maybe that's what we're asking for. Are we asking for them to dress this up for us know. a little bit? But more? I mean, 
it was gratuitous. Not just him. But it was gratuitous because he added no information to her story, yeah. really. Yeah. They just wanted to say, hey, let's show a sketchy guy from the neighborhood. Yeah. Which, by the way, that was successful. Yeah. He's it, definitely sketchy. It was, but they, it, but it also made him a mockery. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's where I have the ethical issue. Yeah. They knew that they could tell him to put a shirt on. Sure. And instead they had him, they, you know, had him keep his shirt off right. or didn't you know, say, Hey, we need you. I wouldn't, I, just, I wouldn't be using them, using that be, guy. And I don't like it. I wouldn't be surprised even a little bit if he said, Hey, should I put a shirt on? They're like, Oh no, no, you, you are don't. gold You're the good. way you are. We sir. want you to just be this way. Yeah. That's problematic. The way that they use the, the people, the participants yeah. is problematic. What, uh, what are your thoughts though? Any, anything that really stands out to you? I mean, again, the, the filmmaking is the journalism part of it is horrible. Mm -hmm. You can argue that they're creating a compelling documentary. Yeah, but the but I think that's just the subject matter. It's so salacious and yeah. wacky and you know hard to understand. <laughs> you know whatever. Yeah, they're adding nothing to the process. Like I could, you could have literally just gone out and you know shot it with your iPhone <laughs> and had every bit as compelling a documentary as this yeah. is. It's just poorly done, and you know. Michael just lost his shit in this one. That was wild. Like, so, what are you? I mean, I don't think that was acting. I think he just literally. No, he wasn't. Went off the he, rails. I think he went off the rails when he started punching the floor. Yeah, yeah. The first, the first part was very like, rehearsed. Michael, who's the floor for you? Yeah, that, is that exactly, Christine? Ex is that Christine? Well, and I think, or that's, is it Natalia? But or don't both? you don't you think that's what the documentarians are really trying to sure. communicate there? But again. You're, a, you're doing a documentary. You're not writing a poem, you know, spell some shit out, give it some context, follow up on, you know, interesting points. Mm -hmm. Don't just show Michael losing himself, losing his shit and going, wasn't that wild people? Mm -hmm. Who do you think he was punching? <laughs> yeah. Well, do you like, get look, it? Like, yeah, I mean, wink. You get it? Yeah, you get get it? <laughs> murderer. Okay. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Potential murderer. So if he kills somebody. We warned you, okay? <laughs> because we showed you punching the floor. The, this really exposed a lot about who Michael is, yeah. and you know that because that facade that he's been putting on oh, for yeah. the first couple of episodes yeah. here is obviously so fake. So you know that there's he's more, got a lot of anger, a lot of, lot of anger, and just frustration, yeah. and he is, and he's covering up his, he's covering his own ass, yeah, right, and, and definitely trying to throw his ex-wife or whatever under the bus. Absolutely. And so now, because Christine does not speak, yeah. and the documentarians have absolute control over everything that is shown about her, yeah. and they are, they are, because they just show that normal picture picture of Michael, yeah. but they show that glamour shot of Christine. They're like, look at her, she's living the high life. And there's a whatever. point for that, right? And, you, and we'll learn it in an upcoming episode. Yeah. But this they're letting Michael show himself to be a fool, yeah. but they're painting her as a, as the bad guy. Oh yeah. Which by the way, at this point, I'm definitely believing. I, okay. You, you do, but now we're going to hear from Natalia. Yeah. Natalia is going to have her own documentary right. coming out. Well, good. And so we're, we're going to hear Natalia's side. And I wonder if she's going to say that Michael was equally as bad or maybe he oh, was nice. I, I believe that Michael is Almost as bad as mm -hmm. Christine and mm -hmm. maybe worse. You know, mm -hmm. you, don't, you don't know because we know so little about her. But I will tell you what, I think her decision not to participate in this documentary was probably her best choice. Yeah. Because I think there is no chance she comes off good mm -mm. 
in this, no. right? To try to explain it away or whatever. No, how could She's she? going to look like Michael, mm-hmm. right? Where you're just like, dude, bullshit. Yeah. I call bullshit on everything you say. <laughs> everything you say and everything you say. Neither yeah. of you is telling yeah, the truth. You're both Y'all are full of both shit. lying. <laughs> yeah, you guys are huge liars. So she's uh-huh. just like, I just won't say anything. That was probably yeah. smart. Yes, it is. She has some good attorneys um, yeah, helping they're, her, they're like, evidently. They're like, don't talk to these people do not, at all because you do not will do look that. like the devil. <laughs> Michael's mm-hmm. attorneys, on the other hand, said, yeah, go oh, ahead, let's uh, do it. Yeah. And you know what? We're going to take part in this documentary. Yeah. And you'll we'll be seeing them coming up in the next couple of episodes well, as well. Christine has all her book money. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's wrap this up. We're going to take a couple of weeks off. We're going to be on vacation, so yeah. uh, we need some summer, summer, some time off this summer. And then we'll be back. We'll be wrapping up Natalia Grace, and we're going to be doing another documentary after that uh, where we talk about Brooke Shields' Pretty Baby, yeah. and we're going to have some guests for that. Um, so come and find us on social media. We have a Twitter at Extemporaneous2. I'm at Christina Gen X, and Mark is at Mark Eats Peach. And we also have a Facebook group, so you can find us there. Thank you so much for coming and listening to us. And I'm going to say bye. Peace out, Cub Scouts.